0: Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining How to Speak Maintenance. Becca, it's been a a while. I'm excited to get this this conversation started.
1: Absolutely. Welcome back, How to Speak Maintenance.
0: If you're joining us for the first time, thank you for spending time with us. Our discussions today are about the on-call process and the pain points for managers and maintenance teams. I feel that this is going to need to be a a 10-part video session, honestly. My name is Jason Fine. I'm the Maintenance Services Director for Camden Property Trust. And with me is Becca Ramadi, who is the Vice President of the Texas Apartment Association Education Foundation. Good morning, Becca.
2: Hello again.
0: With us today, we have some very special guests. Our first guest is Sarah Turner. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Jason. Sarah, you're the Regional Vice President of Operations for Olympus Property Management.
2: Yes, sir. I get to support the entire Texas portfolio and uh, have fun doing it. And I do not know how to fix anything for maintenance. So nobody <laughs> gets confused.
0: <laughs> how long have you been in the industry?
2: This is my 25th year. Wow. Um, and I've been with Olympus for a total of uh, nine years, no, 10 years this year. Took a little break for a couple of years and I've been back for six. So uh I love being here. I do have to give a shout out to my team in Texas who helped me with this today. So Enrique, Lucy, Tyler, Kate, Jeffrey, Amy, and Jeremy Tyler. Okay. <laughs>
0: There you go. I thought I was gonna have to get the music to, to stop the list. <laughs>
2: I know, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. Feel free. Today we also have Jesus Peda with us. Jesus is a a sec- this is your
3: second time on how to speak maintenance, correct? Yeah, correct. This is my second time, Jason. So thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Jesus, you're the regional maintenance manager for Camden Property Trust. And uh, you want to tell the listeners about uh, what about what you support and, and what you do?
3: Yeah, definitely. So I've been um with Camden for 15 years now. And so I I work in the Texas region, uh, Austin, Dallas, and Houston, and I support the, the maintenance teams with uh, any major PM projects that we have in the communities and staff for questions and training and a lot of different aspects, whatever maintenance under for them. So, yes. That's
0: great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Like I said previously, we're going to talk about the on call process. That is. It is a tough conversation right now. I I feel as if every property management company across the country is discussing it. You know, over the years, we found it difficult to hire and retain maintenance employees. And I feel that one of the things that continues to bubble up is the on-call process. And whether it's, you know, how do we compensate the employees or how often you're on-call? So we're going to dive into it. You know, to me, I I came from on-site. And, and these maintenance employees come to work for nine to 11 hours. They drive home only to receive a call or a page. And, and, and that's for us older maintenance employees uh, with a pager. And then you have to return to work and help a resident with an emergency. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but even to today, I, when I hear a pager going off, it, it sends this kind of sense of anxiety and panic up my, up my body to, and tells me that I got to jump to action. So, you know, first off, I'd like for us to talk about what do our companies determine as a maintenance emergency? And, and what do you guys dispatch for?
2: Well, at Olympus, our service team actually takes those calls. Um, we use an on you know, we use an answering service. It's a computer, and it tells the resident, here's a list of what we consider maintenance emergencies. We all know that our customers are living in the Amazon world where if they want it done today right now, even if it's a light bulb. Um, we do, we try to do a really good job of communicating when they move in, but also to our team that it's anything that could harm or is a liability for our residents. So HVACs, water leaks, toilet emergencies, any access point, like busted door, broken window, things like that, that could cause harm to a resident. Those are our fire, flood, blood. Um, those are our considered
0: emergencies. But What about you, Jesus? What, a, what you've been in the industry for a long time and Working with Camden, what do you what do you feel as if we dispatch for?
3: So same as um, Sarah mentioned a little bit, kind of like the same gu- same guidelines, but uh, we have our own uncle um, uh, employed by our company, and then we're in constant training with uh, with the uncle uh, personal to how to troubleshoot, the, help some residents with how to troubleshoot some of the items and stuff, and try to minimize how how much we dispatch um, uh for on-call, you know, to make sure that um, the team I'm just getting any calls for a simple thing. So we have actually a a maintenance employee in that department as well that helps um, the team um, minimize some of like the actual calls that are true emergencies and stuff, but like fire flood and blood is one of the things that we focus as well on. Anything that is gonna be jeopardizing or something hazard for the community, we're we're gonna attend to. so. So Jesus, when the
1: resident calls in, they're getting some um assistance on maybe how to help stop some of those smaller items that really might not be worth an on-call call out to the maintenance team.
3: Correct, correct. We had, and, uh... we had
1: a comment on the um chat, you know, asking about our smoke detectors beeping considered emergencies. And now we all know when they start going off in the middle of the night, they feel like an emergency to everyone, but having that person answering the phone who could help them stop the beeping so you don't have to go and do that could be pretty impactful, I would I would hope.
3: Yeah, definitely. And then the other one is like, uh, what I always tell the teams, right, around the, the Texas market is like, if you create um, a well-developed PM program in your communities, you can also minimize a lot of that issues, you know, uh, being on call is not as scary as, as as you may think if you are being proactive about it, you know, within your own community. So that's what we try to focus. And you mentioned something, Becca, that is um, uh, across the board. We're doing with uh, 10-year seal battery systems on like the on the smoke detectors. That's going to prevent a lot of calling people, right? So we're always trying to look for ways to minimize those calls and to make sure that we bring people in the industry, not as for as to be on call because we're trying to work and proactively minimize those potentials. You know, I've heard
0: of I've heard of some teams trying to develop self-help tools for the residents, you know, things that, you know, I've heard one team said they were going to have a laminated piece of paper that they give to the resident when they move in and it has QR codes to take them to help videos, you know, things that they can, they can go to first before calling maintenance, because, you know, sometimes there's the emergency disconnect switch for the AC and it's, it's up on the wall. And if a resident shuts it off, it shuts the AC unit off. Now, do we need to call out a maintenance employee if we can educate the resident that that switch on the wall needs to stay in the on position? So these are all interesting ways to try to to teach the residents. That's great. What about compensation? I know that compensation is is a a big hot topic for these uh, these teams. They want to make sure that they're getting compensated with either time off or with money. What is uh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't
2: know. I got on here hoping you'd give me all the answers, Jason. Uh, (laughs) Um, I think we're all trying to figure it out. I know on-call is a tough one. Um, I mentioned when we were chatting that, um, during the third winter storm of the past year, maybe it was the 15th. I don't know. I just feel like we have them a lot now. There was a comment made when our, in our team, uh, someone said, I'm letting the maintenance team have some time off. Um, so they are having them leave early so they don't get overtime because they were on fire watch." and it just sent kind of a chill up to my spine. Like this doesn't feel right. And so as a company, we got together and immediately made a code in our system, thanks to our HR team, that would uh, trigger an automatic overtime that they would get paid. So if they only work 30 hours that week, but 10 of those was on Firewatch, they automatically get 10 hours of overtime. So it's really being intentional and seeing where you're seeing those struggles and where maintenance guys didn't want to do Firewatch, now they actually are cool with it um, and they get compensated. Um, When it comes to on-call another one that, you know, we, you know, how do you get them to want to do it and, or be open to it and and really reward them. I was fortunate to sit at a round table and I was sitting, um, uh, with a team member from Harbor group and they had mentioned doing a stipend. And so we went back and we chewed on that. And what does that look like for our organization? And, um, it's I, I like to see the chat that, uh, Becca did online with some questions about this. And, You know, there was some concern of, you know, how much taxes get taken out of that. And so as an organization, you know, we went in saying we're going to pay this X amount per week that you're on call. And so we actually increased it to kind of cover that taxes. So at the end of the day, they're going to walk away with this um, extra money. So if they get one call or they get three calls, they're going to get this no matter what. And so what we've seen, and this has been in less than 60 days, we've seen team members wanting to take call which has been phenomenal and some that just feel appreciative that we've taken this extra step um and and to give back to them because it's an inconvenience not only is it just getting that call it's i you know i can't go to a barbecue and have adult beverages right like i have to stay close to home and i might have to walk away from a kids birthday party you know those things that you have to do um it is seen and it and we do appreciate it. It's it's been a, a challenge across the country what we do, what we can do to really thank them for taking that time.
3: I agree. I agree with Sarah, especially when you're taking away time from your family to attend up, uh, should be compensated, right? And one of the things that I also understand both sides of the company Is like it's taking a lot of my budget, right? And and over time, and that's that's where we come into play with like this, like dig into exactly what is causing, what is driving that community to have a lot of overtime and try to like be proactive about it and, and help reduce it. Again, I've been in the industry for like a long time and, and on-call and emergencies, I don't think they're going to go away. We're working with mechanical things and stuff like that, that will continue to happen, but we can reduce it. Maybe, you know, not maybe, 100% I mean, for sure. We can reduce can say- it. I'm not going to finish with like maybe. So, no, we can being proactive and, and, and finding ways, and what is driving a lot of this uh, on call, you know overtime, sorry, for the communities, but I love what uh, Sarah mentioned. It, it gets me spines when somebody's like, uh, we're not going to compensate you for that time. we're going to give you time off, And what maintenance teams feel is like when you have a time off, it's just mean work being accumulated, so when you come back That's the, that's the mentality that I have, right? So but like if we reduce and avoid that, we can fix both. A little bit helping the budget of the of, for the company, making sure that we're not paying paying a lot of overtime, and then the on the, the the maintenance teams not to be so afraid to be on call because they know that it's very minimal the time that they're gonna have to be called back for the communities. Yeah,
0: I think it's. I've been talking to some other property management companies out there, and I've heard different stories. Like some maintenance employees like having the, when they're on call the next week, they're off for three or four days, right? So the schedule changes and now they get that opportunity to take three or four days. And now maybe they take a vacation. They plan their vacation for the week after they're on their on call schedule. So then that way they don't have to use any vacation time. So I've heard of some companies working out schedules like that and the compensation as well, you know, the stipend. So it's interesting. I just hope that through these conversations, if there's that property management company out there that's like I don't know I don't know what to do I don't know what other options hopefully they're watching this and and maybe they can put it in the chat and say here's yeah. here's some options that we thought about or yeah. thank you for sharing your guys options so
1: Well that's exactly why we have this show and why we have hints from HR is to encourage people to have these conversations and it seems to me and of course every company is different and different sizes different needs but talk to your people and maybe you know, survey them about what would be most impactful to them. And if you can do it, great. If not, you've heard them and you can at the very least, um, you know, respond to those requests with, with why or why not this could work. And, you know, so have those conversations really a key point of this show. The other thing I wanted to mention, Jesus mentioned uh, preventative maintenance and PM work. And if you go back to past episodes of How to Speak Maintenance, we've done a few on preventative maintenance that might be helpful. So if you go to the TAEF Resource Center in, on the TA website under resources, you'll be able to find all the episodes, past episodes of this show and hints from HR.
2: Hey, Jason, I want to add to that. You both said something okay. very important in this communication. Um, I'm a big mental health advocate. Um, it's very personal to me. And one of the things after, you know, talking through this over the past few weeks is having that conversation of you have overtime, so you need to go home early versus, hey, you have overtime. How are you doing? Would you like to go home early early? Um, and save a couple hours, or I know you have something coming up because we all know on site, you know, what's going on in their world, right? You know, that their kid may be a baseball or, or whatever, but listening to those things and making it personal in that connection. Sometimes people, we all know people don't leave just because of it's how they feel and taking that extra step of having that conversation. Like it's all about communication, but just changing up a couple words and asking that, Oh, so I'm just a burden. It's all about money that reaction to while they really care. You know what, right now I do, I would like a little overtime. I'd like some cash or, you know what? I need some time just having them a part of that. I really think, and I'm not a maintenance person, obviously, but I feel like that's something how I would want to be spoken to.
0: We're all people. So I actually think that's, that's a great, that's a great point to bring up. How are you instead of just, Hey, you've got two hours of overtime, you got to leave at two o'clock. So that's great. One of the other things that's come up in conversations in the past as well is could you take your maintenance team off call and just bend out the on-call process? And it's a it's, it's it's an interesting conversation. I don't know how to make it work. I don't know if Sarah or Jesus, if you had any thought behind it. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, um, I haven't heard of a company it's still uh, in my experience, right? I know that there are probably out there some that already tried it. I don't know. Uh, in my experience, we haven't. and And I know... Me as a maintenance team, when I was uh, right in the, in the trenches, I, I take pride of my property, and I was like, uh, I don't know how I will feel about somebody else coming and touching my stuff or like doing working in my in my. <laughs> uh, so it could work, yeah, definitely. Um, but again, I, I have I haven't experienced anything with that uh, with that. Hiring a third party vendor to come in and take care of uh, some of the items, especially emergencies.
2: I wanted to hear Jesus's response first, because that's exactly what I think all my service leads would say is, don't touch my tools, stay out of my shop. (laughs) That's what they say when I walk in. And I'm like, that's pretty. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we have used a third party for on-call when we have, so we have an annual um, holiday party awards thing. And so we close the office on Friday. So we have um, a local company and it is for literally flood and just emergencies and then we notify our fire system uh, our fire support company as well um and we have it's very detailed uh of who to contact for every single thing but someone's still on call on the phone uh but we don't go out for those type of things this is for only a couple days once a year so or twice a year cuz we also go to leadership if we needed backup um other than that we have not found the solution for that one of the things that my team down in Houston does we have a few properties that are close together and I know this was a hot topic is centralization. And I think that that I can't even imagine in the maintenance world how that would ever work. Um, but for holidays, what these teams have done, because they are within a couple of miles of each other, is they take turns. And so in one year, nobody's missing every single holiday and they'll take turns for that call. And again, it's very strict, like it's only for these things that were coming out. And so they're able to enjoy and it's worked pretty well.
0: That's great. I am. I agree with Jesus on the, I don't want anybody touching my tools. I imagine if I was a supervisor and I was sleeping in my bed, I probably would get more phone calls because the vendor wouldn't know where the shutoffs are or the vendor wouldn't know what, what apartment it's in. And they wouldn't know, they just wouldn't know. So they'd be calling more often probably. And so it would probably be more of a burden, but that's my own personal opinion. I think, uh, you know, if, if you had a a flood, you'd probably want to be there, right? Jesus.
3: Yes, I want to put my eyes in it and my hands in it and make sure that it's done right. So that I wanted to, with Sarah touches about the the having communities. Recently, we're trying that of the, the nesting communities, and sometimes it's scary for 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 team members to say like I'm gonna be on for multiple. Uh, it's it's hard for people to to have change, right? But we always tell them like you you don't know until you try it. And so far, the ones that that had tried it and already doing it, they actually love it because they're less less times of the year's on call, right? Like versus every other week, sometimes you're going to have to be every like three weeks or sometimes even a couple of months if it is large enough, the nest, you know? So uh, it's a great way to like relieve a little bit the stress of the uh, amount of times you're going to be on call for community. So that community, sorry, if that community is going to have a special event or something, it allows them to the entire group go and enjoy those events and stuff. So,
0: That's
1: so important. And if there are companies that are doing uh, third-party on-call work and it's working, please let us know. We would love to hear from you and um, share that experience as well, as I think everyone's struggling with how to um, tackle this issue and make it better for all involved.
0: Sarah, you sent me a few questions as well to review when determining how to address on-call processes. Would you mind walking us through some of those?
2: Sure. This is... My team helped me a lot, <laughs> Um, just kind of going over this and things that we've looked at internally, Um, but how often are emergencies being discussed within your team? We have weekly meetings, but it's like how many move-ins we have. You know, we don't talk about like what emergencies are going on. And I go back to years ago at Parks at Tree Point in Arlington and Ernie Arnold, my maintenance guy, took me in and showed me what it, what was happening in a toilet. And I hear toilet overflowing, toilet running. I didn't know what to do. I just called it the thingy in the toilet. And Ernie said, no, this is a flapper. And this is what that means. And so kind of, you know, getting together with your team and really explaining those things and what that means is so important Um, and so often left off. And I think we, the office team, our intentions are really well, but sometimes we make it really hard for our our service teams. Jesus is shaking his head. Um, (laughs) um, Also, like how often is this weekly progress for service orders being reviewed to avoid age service requests? Because those tend to turn into emergencies. Um, and, and I think that's part of the PM, but also like, are we checking those so Is our service team, you know, has someone been on vacation and we've overlooked something and, um, you know, and also what I see in, in our onsite see, and I think maintenance as well, as we get those calls, Hey, it's been a few weeks, what's going on. There's a part, we're not keeping our team up to date. So then we're calling Jesus going, Hey, 101's still looking in this, where we are at six 30, he's eating dinner. So again, it's just that communication on all points is really important to go over with your teams. Um what are some other good ones? Uh the fixing with yourself. I actually wrote down I want the QR codes. I'm making that. We're doing that. Um I love that. And uh just making sure that our team members know because you guys get the calls on Saturdays when we're open and it's because a toilet's running and they have two toilets. So what do we do? Just reach down and turn, you know, the the turn it off and just kind of explaining those things. Um one of the things that we've done that's really helped is making sure that um our service someone on our service team is there from five to six because a lot of them get there early, they get a lot done because we're not bothering them to change a light bulb or we need toilet paper. And um having someone there from five to six, because that's when we get a lot of calls is really important. And then um my last one was similar to what we were talking about earlier, Jason. You brought this up is finding out what works for them. Um, I have I Blessed to work with four beautiful communities out in West Texas, Midland, Odessa. And I have one property that has the three service team members that I spoke about that all are can take haul. And they they take two weeks at a time. And that gives every single person a month off. And they love that. And that works for them. There's another property that, that they would prefer to do it every week. So um understanding that, and it, I don't know if it's a cookie-cutter answer. Um, just like I can't bring my team from Fort Worth. And Keller, which is an hour apart, I can't work that as one you know, service team. So just getting together and listening and understanding that we don't have all the answers, but we ask them that our service team, we, they can even come up with really good marketing ideas. So really getting in there and finding out what's important and getting internal and talking about those things and what those frustration points are and how we can fix them is really important.
0: Yeah, I really, really like the fact that we brought up, all of us have talked about, talk to your teams and then figure out what sort of on-call situations you're having and how can we fix it, right? Like Jesus, you were saying through PM work or maybe it's a capital project that we need to use to address that situation. So Jesus, anything else you'd like to add?
3: No, well, it's a great um, call and I think that a lot of people have got a lot of good stuff. One, of, one recommendation is um, as well when we're building new assets, right? It will be important to bring the, the maintenance teams and stuff and involve in those processes. Sometimes they, they, they have a lot of good feedback because when we build new stuff, sometimes we just build it as a scope, right? But we don't think about like the maintenance part of it, and they always come with good solutions to prevent emergencies and to prevent a lot of different things that in the future will will cause to drive a lot of like the on-call stuff for the teams. Okay. That's a great That's point.
1: Great. Jason, you know, I think it's great that we're talking about, you know, the Sarah's first question about how often are emergencies being discussed? That's a great one. We've talked a lot on Hints from HR about, you know, your manual of how you do things. How up to date is that? Does everyone on site know those processes? You know, just to talk about those things and to be able to, you know, have those conversations is so important. And I really love the idea that, you know, Sarah's saying the office is open on Saturday. And so maybe there are some things that the team there might be able to help with um as they are you know there and if something comes up that could you know stop someone else from having to be on call and come out so there's so much good stuff here um thank you sarah thank you jesus great stuff 10 part 10 part series coming up soon
0: <laughs> yeah thank you both for your time today i think everyone listening hopefully came away with some new perspective. And maybe some new best practices that they can use going forward. So I also wanted to let our listeners know that these conversations are available on the go as a podcast wherever you download your podcasts as well as on Facebook and LinkedIn. See, I'm getting better, at it, Becca. Good getting job. better.
1: Good job. <laughs> and so. we will be back next month with another episode. And if there are any topics you'd like to see us talk about or um guests, or if you would like to be a guest please let us know. You can reach out to TAAEF at TAA.org or put a message in the comments. And thank you everybody and we'll see you soon.